So, you know, he needs to like grow a pair also a little bit and be like, listen, mom, I love and adore you. She will not like that necklace. I mean, she just don't just get her gift card somewhere if you want to. Or like, I. the thing is like, some parents are so hung up. No, you know, I want to give my, you know, my grandmother's bangle bracelet and have her wear it at the wedding. This is like, those are ulterior motives. Those are a bit selfish. I understand. Oh no, that's wonderful. That's lovely. Do you understand? That's a really important piece of jewelry in my family. But if she's not going to wear it to the wedding, how dare she? Like, that's not, that's selfish. Hello, everyone. I'm Denise Gorant. Welcome to Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. Thanks for joining us as we speak with experts, authors, parents, and even young adults to explore the transition from parenting our young children to building healthy relationships with our now adults. Hopefully, we'll grow together, learn about ourselves, our young adults, and of course, when to bite our tongues. We are so happy you're with us. So let's get started. and welcome to another episode of Bite Your Tongue, the podcast. Okay, it's wedding season. The planning, the attending, the nerves. About one year ago, we did an episode on weddings called Whose Wedding Is It Anyway? with wedding therapist Allie Houston Lyons from a small boutique wedding therapy shop in New York. As we head into wedding season, we're attacking that question once again with another guest and another viewpoint. Also, we're going to have this episode focus a little bit more on the groom's family because many listeners who are parents of grooms have written to us and said they feel very left out and they're trying to figure out how to navigate their role that big day. Ellen's daughter's getting married in a couple of weeks. In fact, I think you just said 17 days. Is that right, Ellen? 17 days. Exactly. 17 days. And I want to tell you, I was fortunate to go to her bridal shower and she was just just beaming. I mean, she looked so gorgeous. I just can't even tell you. But anyway, uh-huh. I'm going to let you introduce Michelle, Ellen. Okay, because I'm planning on hogging the time today. And can I also say, I can't believe that was a year ago that there was the the Whose Wedding Is It Anyway episode because Hannah had just gotten engaged. Oh, that's right. Which seems right. like that's in right. some ways, like it was yesterday. In other ways, it seemed like it was like 10 years ago because it's COVID time thing, you know. Right, right. Um, exactly. <laughs> So, but okay, but that this is not about about my questions, at least not yet, because first (laughs) I'm very pleased to welcome Michelle Martinez, who is not only a certified wedding consultant with more than 20 years in the wedding and events industry, but also the creator and host of the world's most popular wedding podcast, the Big Wedding Planning Podcast. And I cannot believe I did not listen to this before time, I have to say. But anyway, Michelle started the podcast in 2016 and five years later, 300 episodes and nearly 3 million downloads. It's really big. She now focuses on the podcast full time and other digital wedding planning platforms. And I love her. I just love her mission. Three sentences. Inclusivity is key. Perfection is a myth. Wedding planning for all. I'm trying to memorize those for these next 17 days. So welcome, Michelle. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we get started? Well, um, thank you so much for having me, ladies. And um, am I really the world's most popular wedding? Yes, podcast? yes. That's what I, I mean, I really did a lot of searching and I wanted a great wedding podcast. And literally I found the world's most popular wedding podcast and it was yours. Oh, well, I just, you just made my day. I well, thought you good. just wrote like that's exciting. I mean, I know it was up there, but I have I mean, that's really cool. I'm happy about that. Thank and you I want to so tell you, I, I listened to several of the top ones and yours is definitely the best. And Ellen, I hate to tell you this, but if you listen to one episode, you won't be able to stop. I mean, I'm not even planning a wedding and I found myself taken in by their conversation. Aww. So it's great. Really little hints that make big changes. That's what I would say. But anyway, go ahead. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I, I love what this platform does, what your podcast is doing. I'm I'm really, I'm like, oh man, I need to, I mean, I have two kids, they're 14 and 12, but I often think about how I knew them so much differently when they were little ones and how I I have a connection with my own parents, but I do see how you can kind of like, kind of get to the point where you're like, who who is this person? You know, this is not the the exact same person I raised, like there's things I don't know, you know? And 
So anyway, I just think it's wonderful. And the thing really is that we figured out is that, you know, you have them for 18 years, but really the longest relationship you will have with them is as adults. So Mm. let's make it healthy, strong, and really good. Um, Your parents might even, we have a great grandparenting episode your mom or dad might like, but anyway, let's get started. It's it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites too. She was a really funny, funny guest. Okay. So anyway, weddings are a big deal. And parents are sometimes not really sure where they fit in, of course, unless they're providing the cash or maybe just providing the cash. We're going to talk about a lot of things, but we want to focus a little bit more on the groom's family. Sometimes they feel really invisible. And you've been around the block a few times. What struggles do you feel that the groom's family typically has? How involved are they? How involved should they be? And what are some hot spots? So I want to preface this by saying that I rarely work with traditional couples, meaning I'm in California. I just moved out of the San Francisco Bay Area, but the majority of my clients are there. And so, for example, we don't have like what you all might know as a bridal party. We call this a wedding party. Like a lot of my clients don't have that, right? Um But as a wedding planner, I am working with the entire family and I am talking to parents so much. And yes, this is a common, common thing. Oftentimes I'll meet everybody and the parents of the groom, if this is a heterosexual couple, are often a little bit more, you know, laid back, not laid back, I should say like quiet, reserved, almost as if they feel like, can I speak? Should I speak? What's my place? And I always, I'm like, damn, I just, it breaks my heart because this is a union of two people, of two families. But Michelle, I want to say something. I don't mean to interrupt you. No. And our, our latest episode was about daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws. I just saw that. Okay. Yeah. So this mother-in-law, this is her first step into being a mother-in-law. So you realize why she's a little hesitant to speak up too much. Yeah. I mean, I can't pretend to understand that because like I said, my, my son is 14, right? Right. (laughs) And he's had little girlfriends and I've been like, Oh, cute. Bring her over. But he never does. But, um, I guess I, you know, it's so dependent on the dynamics of the family. I feel like, because I've also been, you know, involved. I I mean, I find myself as part of the family for the amount of time that I'm working with my clients, right. I'm kind of inserted into the family for a while. And there are times when both sets of parents, or maybe even all four if they're divorced, which often happens, mm-hmm. are super friendly. Like they go out together and they and they hang out together and they're very good friends. And like, wow, that's awesome. But when it's not the case, then you run into this situation. And I also just want to say that matrimony, weddings have historically been very heteronormative, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. very bride-centric. Mm-hmm. But that's not always the case here. And so I do want to acknowledge um, that there are probably a lot of parents listening of, you know, people who don't identify as a bride or a groom. And then that can also add its own set of um, complexities, right? Uh, so I do want to acknowledge that as well. But um Going back to your original question is you're you're asking me how do they navigate this initially? I guess, or what role, how does the bride's family make them feel more comfortable? So you're in this room, you're meeting with all of them. You sense that the groom's family is a little more standoffish or not standoffish isn't the right word, but quiet. I think how can the, I guess the bride's family welcome them more? What is their role? And I think what we have to think about are families that, are apart geographically. Wouldn't you say, Ellen, that they're meeting for the first time? Yeah. I mean, I was going to bring this up later on, but I think I'll just throw this out there anyway. Since since Michelle already sort of talked about the non-traditional, we have this sort of idea that everybody knows the rules of the wedding. And Denise, you met my daughter's future Mm mother-in-law and she is an immigrant. In fact, my daughter's um, future husband is an immigrant from Bulgaria. He immigrated as a child. They have no idea what an American wedding is like. So everything, you know, I was sort of thinking about some of these things, like we assume that the other people have the same value system that we do and they don't. And it's really typical to sort of marry somebody who is not exactly from the same, whatever, fill in the blank as your own family is. And that makes it harder because Denise, I'd even love to get your, your ideas about how do you bring someone in who really doesn't share your worldview? 
doesn't that bring it to whose wedding is it anyway? It's the bride and the grooms. I always feel, and that's what I would like to hear from you, Michelle. I feel like they should be the leader in it. And the problem is sometimes you get a guy that's not as forthright, whatever Sally wants or whatever, you know, if it's a heterosexual couple. I want to say one more thing about, I'm not sure, are there still traditional weddings, Michelle? (laughs) There are. I mean, I only know this because my audience is so broad um, that, you know, in certain states of of the U.S., they're they're really traditional. They're humongous wedding parties and they're like ballroom, right? And like, they're still doing a bouquet toss and a, you know, and a garter toss. Whereas in Cali where I'm at, like, we don't do any of that, but, um, but I hear, I hear from these people. And so I know what's happening and Ellen, such a great point. You know, every wedding is so unique, every situation, every couple. And so we talk about like the groom's parents feeling a bit left out, but we really are generalizing when we say that. We are, you, we all, are. you know, we, we've all seen that. I've experienced it many times, but what a great point. When it's two different cultures, holy smokes. It's like, as an example, I, um, I'm born and raised in the U.S. I'm half Mexican. My husband's from Mexico City. When we got married, my mother-in-law, she doesn't speak English. Everybody flew out here. So... And she, I remember her feeling that having that little bit of timidness within her. And I'm like, hey, you know, like I'm like this personality, like shake it up. Let's go. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. And every picture with my family, everybody's smiling. And every picture with his family, everybody's like, serious because that's how they take pictures. Right. Well, and I, I listened to that episode where language was important and how you dealt with including the Spanish with the English in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But going back. It does start with the couple. I mean, it's so like dependent on the couple, how they've even introduced their relationship to their families, right? How involved their families are in their lives. How close is the son with his own mother? How close is the daughter with her mother and her parents? You know, how much interaction has uh, the bride or one of the partners had with their opposite partner's uh, family? But I think it does start with a couple. And if the couple is young and they're kind of like, well, I don't know, you know, I, I remember listening to Ashley's episode with you and her talking about stress and how, you know, anybody could say anything. And it totally adds to the stress of the couple because all of a sudden they're like, holy crap, I don't even understand what's going on here. It's really hard because the other thing is when the pa- sometimes the parents either partner's parents are afraid to even say anything because it could set the couple off. But I think that in an ideal world, the the couple is, you know, very open and welcoming of each other, you know, each partner's parents. And, you know, hopefully in an ideal world, they can all gather and get together and invite each other for drinks or dinner, or if they live across this country, go visit and also get on Zoom. I mean, look what this has taught us, you know, the pandemic, like, we're all online. There's no reason you shouldn't have your family involved. Have once a month wedding planning updates. You don't have to ask them what they want because I know a lot of couples are like, hold on, Michelle. Uh, we're planning this wedding ourselves. I don't want my mom telling me, you know, we have totally different tastes, but update your parents. Like let the parents know what's going on. They just want to be involved. So I think if we're going to that traditional groom's mother, you know, don't feel so reserved and don't only talk to your son, you know, see if you can start a conversation with your future daughter-in-law and just know, let her know that, Hey, I'm here to support you. I want you to have so much fun. Any way you want me involved, I'm happy to do it. And I don't want to step on your toes, but please know that I'm here. And I'm so open to any ideas you have just openness and support is important. I think that's true. The one person that what a couple people wrote, but the one question someone wrote was, you know, my son just got engaged and these are people in their thirties and they were planning an engagement party, I think in the town of the uh, bride. And she said, you know, my son just called me and said, hold off, mom, you're not in charge of this, you know, sort of thing. And so again, there is some hesitancy, I think on the groom's family. I think maybe reaching out to the daughter-in-law, like you said, or something, what, you know, but also you really have to have the guidance from here. Uh, son, I would imagine, you know, you don't want to start on the wrong foot. Oh my God, your mother is just completely overtaking everything. 
Yeah. I think initially, if you don't have that relationship with your future daughter-in-law to talk to your son and say, Hey, I just, you know, how can I start a dialogue with, with Jenna? Um, I I'm, I'm just so happy for you guys. Let me know, you know, can, can we go up for a drink? Can we hop on zoom? Can you let her know that I'd love to talk with her? No pressure, but like, I really want to, you know, offer my support, just be there. Or, you know, if it's something like I, I want to contribute financially, but the one mistake I think a lot of parents make is they all this, they get excited. Of course, like it's their child's wedding, but all of a sudden they have these ideas. I've got to tell Jenna that your great grandmother passed along, you know, this brooch and we've all worn it in our family. So I've got to send it to you because she's got to wear it. You know what I mean? When you start doing that, when you start imposing your excited ideas, those might not be what Jenna wants. So you got to be careful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's when they start to feel like, oh boy, here we go. Like she's going to start, you know, taking over or she thinks that's what's going to happen. That's not what's going to happen. She didn't even ask me. That's really true. Denise, do you remember remember what Hannah has to to wear in her wedding? Do you remember? Oh yeah, is she? I thought she wasn't going to wear it. Well, she's not, but it. But there, my daughter had the same sort of situation. Yeah, tell her what happened. Well intentioned, well intentioned gift that was like this is not what this is not my vision for my dress is not. Yeah, it's so hard when you're an excited parent to want to share. But it's so, you know, I just keep thinking back because you mentioned the, the grandparent episode. And I think what Michelle is sort of saying here, too, is she kept saying in that episode, how can I be helpful? Loving and loyal servant. So when your child has a baby and it's sort of the same thing as what you're saying here is the best thing we can do as parents in this situation is how can I be helpful? What can I do? And it's it's hard for us to not just say I can be helpful in this way as opposed to framing it as a question. Okay, let's talk about finances first, and then I'm going to ask, because finance is a hot topic. How do they usually figure all that out, Michelle? What happens? What's the, you know, what's the, you know, you know what the traditional ways are, or is any of that still happening? What if one family has a lot more money than the other family? Yeah, I've seen that a lot. I've seen that a lot, especially out here in, you know, Silicon Valley. Um, There's a lot of of that. Where finances are concerned, you know, Right now in this day and age, the average age of a couple that's getting married, whereas it used to be in their early 20s, are now like late 20s, early 30s. And so couples are professionals. They they probably live together. They probably have great income or jobs or just starting out. There are still 20-somethings getting married. I hear about it all the time on the podcast. But I think it's dependent on, again, the couple, right? So you know your kids. You know whether or not they don't even own their first home. You know if they've got a great job. You know how old they are. Are they pregnant? You know, um, are they not making a lot of money? And if you have money that you've been saving for your child's wedding, you know, then then this is the time when you want to say, I'm so excited. Sit them down. Listen, there's something I have to tell you. I have, you know, $20,000. And I've been saving this just for your wedding. And you can use it however you want. The best thing you could say, the, be- the the most ideal when I get this from my clients is when the parents say, my dad just wrote me a check for $20,000. No strings attached. It's for the wedding. And I'm like, yes. But oftentimes it's like, I've got money for your wedding. So here's what I'd really like to see what happens. I want you to have, you know, a four course dinner. And in our family, this is the way we do it. Okay. So oftentimes this money, although maybe, you know, it's with the best, um, how do you say intent comes with expectations. And when it comes with expectations, sometimes it can make things so just terrible, just awful throughout the wedding planning process. Because again, you don't have the same taste as your parents. And a lot of parents, we, I hear this all the time, in our family, this is the way we do things at weddings. Denise, I think you mentioned on that episode with Ashley, you, big fat Greek wedding, right? Greek family. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's going to be very hard for me. I know that the kids aren't going to have a big fat Greek wedding and I just have to bite my tongue. Bite your, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you made me think of something else. We do in, in the Greek tradition, 
we wear these crowns. I don't know if you've ever seen a Greek Orthodox wedding, but Mm -hmm. they wear these crowns and they're connected and their godparents, which is the crowns. And I know with my niece's wedding, I suggested to her, it would really be great if you don't have a Greek wedding at all, just to do the crowns. And she Mm -hmm. did it and it was very beautiful. I will make that suggestion to my kids because I still have the crowns from my wedding. You know, it's passed down. But again, if they're totally against it, I would never say, sorry, you don't get this check. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So do I not suggest it at all? Do I just leave it out of the bed? Say that again. If if you said that if they don't do the crowns, they will not get the check. No, I say I would never if they don't use you would never I would never say sorry, you don't get the check. I would just say, here's a suggestion you decide. Exactly. And I, 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 I swear I, some parents do that. I mean, they do, they're like, well, if you want to spend my money, you're going to have to do it this way. And that's just a shame, but it is what it is. Uh, but I think that in contributing money to the wedding is really lovely. And if you're, if you think, and you know, in your mind, those listening that are parents that you can hundred percent say, I'm going to give that money. Even if they don't do the things the way I want them to do it, I'll quote, bite my tongue. And it's going to be their wedding and done their way. Wonderful. Sometimes parents are like, still think of their kids as young and think that they don't have common sense. And like, you know, like, this is a terrible idea. Why would you choose a hotel clear across town when you're getting married here? And there's a one per- wonderfully perfect courtyard Marriott, you know, five minutes from the venue. This is ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Like, you just let them pick it and go on. You know, I mean, yeah, it's their wedding. It's their wedding. Ellen, do you agree with that? I mean, do, do you feel... I'm hardly an epi- I'm hardly any kind of an expert at this. And I should say, too, that one reason why I can't believe I didn't hear of Michelle's podcast before you found her. And I told my daughter about it right away. And I'm like, Hannah, we should listen to a bunch of these. She said, Mom, I'm afraid we're going to figure out we did it all wrong. Now, of course, I'm going to spend the next week listening to this and telling her. So we did this wrong. We did. So, but I, we were. She'll give you little ideas that are good. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I absolutely know that. But <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. at the okay. nervousness stage right now. But I do have to say that we've had to be sort of, it's just messy, I feel like, money-wise. And in her situation, because her her. I should also say too, and I I wonder if this is true overall, not just because of the cultural issues, but he has two brothers. So there are no girls in the family. There are no women in the family. So, you know, daughters. So they don't even have their idea. You know, I think if you have a daughter in the family, you kind of have this idea about how, you know, oh, at some point we're going to have to have this wedding. You're kind of, it's just a little bit different. And so we've had to just get our minds around the, that's just not something that they even considered contributing to even. And I know we haven't gotten into what are the sorts of traditional, if there is such a thing anymore, things that the groom's family contributes to. But what I found was helpful for me is to just say, I'll give you an example. Like Hannah's getting married on the beach and she was like, should we have a walkway from the, it's like in front of the the restaurant where the reception is she said should we have a walkway there and I'm like yes we should have a walkway because who wants to be walking in the sand and your your 85 year old grandmother's gonna have to walk in the sand so then you know we get into the whole walkway and my daughter's actually very frugal so she's like mom it's 800 for the walkway and then that doesn't include the labor and so but I'm like it's worth it to me and so we have to there are times in this this when I just had to say I'm willing to pay for this because to me that's worth it and did you? And, and did you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think this is such a great example. Yeah. Yeah. And and I could fish like we, we don't need it. I'm like, no, we, we don't need it. But I think you'll be happy that we have it. Of course, you know, then if you give a mouse a cookie, then it was like, well, you can't have the walkway without the altar, which also adds another few. Like it's just <laughs> when things are sort of like that, it's just it's a complete if you give a mouse a cookie kind of book. But that's such a great situation, Ellen, because you weren't coming at it like, okay, I'm going to give you this money and you're going to do things the way I want. Rather, your daughter was like, gosh, I don't, I don't want to spend that like from my money. And you're like, you know what? I'll pay for it. It wasn't yeah. something she was against because aesthetically she didn't like it or she opposed to this idea. She just was like, I'm not going to spend that money for somebody exactly. to walk right up, you know? And yeah. also she knows we, we both sat down and said, we have this much to spend. And so we reached our limit and she's like, mom, that's your, that's your limit. But I mean, if you've ever gone shopping with me, you'd know that that's always just a little, 
I want to go shopping it. with you. I want to go shopping with you. Right, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, but it's sort of like, it's kind of the thing too. I, and I don't, I think with weddings, it's sort of like, well, we're already spending this much. What's another $800? Like it's sort of, right, right, right. you That's know, how it gets, especially yeah. at this time that you're in right now. Yes. Oh, right now. Forget it. I, yeah. I just bought stickers for Tic Tac, but for boxes of Tic Tacs that I can put in people's little welcome bag. Why do we have welcome bags? Someone tell me. This is a destination wedding. People are coming yeah, from out of yeah. town. Yeah. You do these welcome bags in people's rooms. It's just a nice gesture. They're spending a lot of money to come to the wedding, probably to stay in the hotels, to fly, to whatever it is. So you give them a welcome bag of kind of like, especially in hotels, like here's some water bottles because hotels charge for water bottles. Here's things to do in the area. Here's little Tic Tacs. Here's snacks. Here's a little, here's little nips of like Jack Daniels or whatever the signature drink is. Like it's fun. It's Because favors at a wedding, I don't know if you're doing favors, Ellen, but like yeah. favors... Could be a waste of money, depending on if they're edible, you know. We're doing cookies. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Because with little bags, which of course I had to buy the bags that go like it's just like it's like I said, but but um because you can all have to a destination money, you can't take that much no that much stuff with you. So yeah, yeah. All right, let's get back a tiny bit. Can you yeah. tell us traditionally what is the groom and bride's roles typically? And I know you don't do a lot of uh, traditional weddings, but the groom's family's responsible and the bride's family responsible. And then I really want to hit, you've been to many weddings, day of wedding, does the groom's family play any role? Uh, so traditionally, you know, if we're going like Emily Post, like look back at tradition, uh, the groom's family will, you know, give some money financially. They might, they usually will contribute to the rehearsal dinner, right? Um, they- Nothing. Oh my gosh. Okay. What? What do you mean? I'm just looking at Ellen. Go ahead. Do it again, Ellen. Zero. She's getting zero. She's getting zero. Oh, interesting. Seriously contributing zero to anything. Yes. The other thing was at the shower, the mother-in-law gave Hannah this really meant well, this beautiful necklace was blue, right? Because Yeah. And Hannah is not planning on wearing a necklace with her gown. She'd already determined all that, what her jewelry was. And she's the mother-in-law literally said for you to wear on the day of your wedding. Oh God. No, 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 no. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And Hannah was great. She said, Oh, it's beautiful, but my wedding dress doesn't require a necklace. I'll figure out another way, you know, whatever. Hannah handled it really well. She wore the rehearsal dinner. Partly too, in this case, she had already asked her son, would Hannah like this? And he, I don't know what transpired if he said, no, she wouldn't, or maybe, or I can't say no to my mother, which is an important thing. Cause that, that you already mentioned the groom plays of an important role Huge. in bringing him, his mother and his future wife yeah. to, together. So really the groom should be listening to this episode. Yes. The thing <laughs> is, you know, they feel stuck. I mean, mom and, you know, girlfriend, wife, you know, that's a, that's, you could be stuck in a real hard situation. Um, yeah, we talked about it in the last episode. Sure. It's the mother and daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he needs to like grow a pair also a little bit yes. and be like, listen, yep. mom, I love and adore you. She will not like that necklace. I mean, she just don't just get her gift card somewhere if you want to. Or like I this, the thing is, like some parents are so hung up. No, you know, I want to give my, you know, my grandmother's bangle bracelet and have her wear it at the wedding. It's just like those are ulterior motives. Those are a bit selfish. I understand. Oh, no, that's wonderful. That's lovely. Do you understand? That's a really important piece of jewelry in my family. But if she's not going to wear it to the wedding, how dare she? Like, that's not. That's selfish. But can you give the your daughter-in-law or your future daughter-in-law a piece of jewelry that was a family piece of jewelry? Because I was thinking of doing that if my son ever gets engaged. Yeah. Um, but not required. They could put it in a drawer for all I care. Yes. Yeah. I mean, my mother-in-law, I have a pair of earrings that, you know, she's, I think it. they might have been her mother's. They're in a drawer. They're not my style. It's absolutely right. beautiful and wonderful that she gave them to me. And I felt very honored. Right. That wasn't for okay. my wedding, thank God. But like, right. You know, no, I, I, I don't wear them. But how, how lovely is that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I, and you may end up giving them to a daughter-in-law. I may end up giving, or to my daughter, <laughs> or, you know, like, or to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll keep them. All right, let's go back to this traditional Sorry. stuff. Okay, we got. Um, okay, so the the traditional, rehearsal dinner. Traditional's rehearsal dinner. I mean, really, yeah. 
It's rehearsal dinner. It's but boring. But what's happening now? What do you find happening now? Well, what I'm finding- Equal amount? Or? Equal amount if the parents are paying. Yes, uh, okay. absolutely. A lot of times, um, or or whatever they can. You know, I just, I had a client who's, who's uh, uh, her parents are, are contributing 20,000 and his parents can contribute 10,000, which is a lot of money. $10,000 is a lot of money. You know what I mean? In, yeah. in the grander scheme of things, Ellen, now that you're doing this, you're like, that ain't anything. Yeah, like, right no, well, that's exactly sort of where we started with, but then, you know, then, then the TikToks happen. Yeah. TikToks, I mean, TikToks. No, seriously, you just start looking at things. It's like, oh, that's nice. What a cute little idea. Anyway, but, but, but sticking to a budget is important. Sticking is. to a budget is so important. You know, uh, I'm just seeing more, more than anything right now, family contributing a certain amount of money that they're they can and the couple making up the rest or the couple paying for everything that's what we're saying how often does the couple pay for everything often often very often very often yeah so when the couple pays go ahead go ahead and again but that is very dependent on geographic area when we're talking about wealthy states and right, wealthy right, families right. that come from money. No, the, the couple's not always paying for it. But, right. you know, average middle America, the, the couple is paying for it. You know, I had a, a friend whose child was getting married, whose the groom, what the daughter's getting married, and it's a male groom. And they actually had a lot of money and didn't contribute that much. And I wondered if it it was because they didn't know they really could. So this can work both ways. Like sometimes the groom's like, this is not my deal. Like, you know, and then other times, and I wondered if they just didn't want to contribute. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about this finances and the typical way it's done. Um, but if, if the parents of the bride and group share the expenses effectively, I guess is the word I want to use. What happens at the wedding with the toasts and such and the rehearsal dinner with the toasts? Because Traditionally, the bride's father stands up or now mothers are getting more involved and give a toast and thanks everyone for coming. How's that handled when it's being done together? If everyone's kind of contributing equally financially. Respectfully, what they can. One yeah. might do 10,000, one might do 20, but I consider that equal. Yeah. So traditionally, yes, the bride's father would give up and give a toast, A, because he was probably contributing, you know, paying for the whole thing. And back in the day, the man made the money and we, right, and the man right, right, gave right. the daughter away. Right. But right, now right. when everybody's contributing, what I it's again, it's a case by case basis. Like I will sit down and consult with my clients and say, oh, okay, who do you want to speak at the wedding? Well, I'd like my mom and my dad. And then he says, I, I, I want my mom and my dad. And then we want my best friend. And then we want to say something, blah, 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 blah. So typically I'll say, who do you think is hosting this wedding? You know, what is it? Oh, I never even thought of it in this. What does the invitation say? You know, that's the, what I also wondered about, too. Is it Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so invite you to the wedding of their daughter, yeah. Sally, or both parents? Or is Sometimes it? Sometimes now it's just really informal. Just says, join us at the wedding of Sam and. Yeah. Kenita. Or it says, you know, Sally and Johnny, uh, you know, are, are want you to be at their wedding. Their and in that case, then they're hosting. But I always like to hear from the couple later on in the evening. That's what yeah, I like yeah. to hear from them. So in that case, we might start it out, you know, with a parent um, and it might be the bride's parents just because they're like, yeah, let's have my dad go first. Or it might be um, the best man or it might be the groom's father. I mean, it could be anybody. First, we look at who's hosting the wedding, who's contributing the most financially. Okay. Well, if it's the bride and groom and they're not ready to talk, Let's go ahead and hand it over to a parent or both mom and dad together, which I love personally. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Um, and then the other parents together and then move into best friends, um, you know, uncle, whoever, other family members, and then let the couple talk later on when we're doing cake cutting, if we do a cake cutting um, or at some other time later in the evening. Okay. How about the rehearsal dinner? Typically, I thought there were more toasts at the rehearsal dinner and less at the wedding. Some people that do that. So, yes. Some people, do, some do, people that? Okay. do that because some couples are like, I don't want a friggin' open mic night at my wedding. Okay. Right. That's what you don't want <laughs> yeah. 10 people do. Although I go to weddings and I'm going to be honest with you for the walk down the aisle, if they do it and the toast. That's my favorite part. I know. Weddings. I know. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing. We always say like, don't 
don't dismiss those toasts too much because the only other time that somebody's going to talk about you like this is at your funeral your and funeral, you're going to miss right. it. Right. <laughs> so I got to get going on my toast, but Denise is, Denise, if you were there, you'd be in the toast. I know what I'm going <laughs> to yeah. say it a little bit, but, but you're right. We kind of, we don't really think about that yeah as much and I think it's just lovely yeah. and um provided the person hasn't had a little too much liquid courage and then they get inappropriate but um rehearsal dinner I have had clients say oh no no, no. we're getting all the toast done at the rehearsal dinner I do not want anybody talking at the wedding oh, I really? hate that I, yeah, I, I personally I'm like oh but because okay. sometimes you're not invited to the rehearsal dinner the rehearsal dinner is sometimes smaller yeah so if I get to a yeah. wedding and there's no toast I'm really disappointed yeah yeah but I've also had it like people talk at the rehearsal dinner and they talk again at the wedding right that's fine too it's fine it's a different subject you know um but if again if we're going back to to tradition and the groom's parents are paying for the rehearsal dinner the groom's parents will typically you know kick off those festivities at the rehearsal dinner right right okay get us to the day of the wedding Mm -hmm. what is the role of the groom's family in any wedding, traditional, non-traditional, I mean, these people walk in, they're not walking the bride down the aisle. They're not, you know, helping the bride get her whatever on. You're really important. This is as important to you as it is the bride's family. But what's my role? Well, Denise, there's not a lot the groom, the bride's mother does either, to be honest, traditionally. Well, she's usually with the bride, isn't she? Yeah, but I mean, other than that, it's not like, so, so, okay. So traditionally, traditionally, the groom's parents, uh, they may be part of the processional walk down. I thought, oh, the groom's parents. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's what you asked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, the are fathers and mothers walking the bride down the aisle typically. Yes. I absolutely love it. I absolutely yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah. it often. Yes. Often. And, you know, Jewish tradition, that's always the case. Right. Right. You know, and I don't see why we wouldn't why wouldn't both parents walk you down? You know, like, why does that do? Because it used to be your father giving you away. No, but man. Okay. But I'm going to say one thing though, because I'm, because of whatever, I'm walking my daughter down the aisle and I don't want to do it because, well, because first of all, I don't want people, there's something about like giving, first of all, I think the whole giving somebody away is kind of weird. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you kind of are thinking that this is somebody who knows it, who's, who has some knowledge of you that is parental or something. You know what I mean? Like somebody who is an older person. As Michelle said, it's up to you. Sorry, Ellen, I don't understand exactly. Tell me again, your, your discomfort worth walking her down the aisle. Because first of all, I think that not discomfort, but I don't want people looking at me. I want them looking at her. mm -hmm. So that's the kind of weird. So I have this, like, like I've just chosen like a dress. That's not, I mean, it's nice and everything, but it's not what I would have chosen if I wasn't walking her down the aisle. And so I am just so aware of, and I think it's different maybe when you have both parents I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is just my own thing. Like I even remember the day I got married. It's like, oh my God, everybody's looking at me like in a way that's so um, different. Yes. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? Oh, I hated walking down the Yeah. Road. I didn't love it either. Where is actually. Hannah's father? May I ask? Oh, they're okay. strange. So that's that what makes it, is. it that's, difficult too. This is, this is, this is yeah. when, you know, yeah. weddings bring out things, bring things to the surface that normally we don't want brought to the surface. And so I completely yeah. understand wh- wh- where you're coming from now. Um, I think I've also seen, and not that you're going to do this. I'm not saying you should do this. I, I think you should, if she asked you to walk her down, did she ask you to walk her down? Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. Quite a while ago. She sort of through yeah. all of this and I am more than happy. I'm not saying I'm not happy to do this, but it's just, it's not, I think there's something about weddings. That it's just, they're never quite as you expect yeah. them to be. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? There's always yeah. something as open as you are to anything. There's yes. Always and the something. way that you envision it and the way you live it on that day in those moments is like, whoa, that's not what, okay. I going back to your original question. Um, I think the groom's parents, I think it's lovely when they walk down the aisle together as part of the processional prior to the wedding party coming out. I love, 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 love that because they should be honored because they are part of the union. 
um, they made that, that human that's getting married, you know, one of the humans. And I think that, um, I've seen also brides be walked down by both parents, by one parent. I've seen a bride walk down by herself. And it's this huge kind of statement of independence and feminism. And it's absolutely stunning and beautiful. And I love it. Um, it's just, again, it just depends on, you know, the individuals. Sometimes they need someone holding yeah. their arm just for support. Well, yeah. Even if they feel I know. Right. I and, know. and you know what? I've, I've had them yeah. make that, that decision at the last minute too, Denise. I've had them like, oh my gosh. Go, uh-uh, go grab my mom. I need my mom. Okay, babe. I'll go make it your mom. You know, you, whatever you need. One of the best weddings I ever went to, and this was one of my friends years ago. So they've been married 40 years now or 45, whatever. Where it was outside. We were all turned around waiting for the bride and group because the wedding party came down. We're waiting for the bride and groom. And they just came from the front. You know, they came from the side. Neither of them went down the aisle. It was just great. Yeah. You know, they did what they wanted to do. Mm. They didn't want to. She didn't want to be the center of attention. And it was just wonderful. It was really, really Aww. special. I think about it all the time. And also back to the whole traditional, you know, my daughter, um, as I said, she's engaged. And she's also told me what she could change. She's not having a bridal party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want you know, no wedding party, yeah. lined up, yeah. no wedding party. Yeah. And she's also older. I mean, she's, you know, 33 now. And, you know, who knows when the there's going to be a married. lot less drama. Let me tell you with no wedding party. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't have a wedding party. I just had my sister. Although I have, I have to tell you, it's funny though, because that's just what my daughter said too. She's like, when I get married, I'm just going to have one attendant. That's it. And now she's having five. So it's so funny how weddings just it's like they just take off and start running and all of a sudden you're like wow like even with the cost of wedding the more yeah Hannah's was yeah. because of her fiance's brothers yeah so that yes exactly so right. he knew he wanted five and she's like I don't really want that right. many and and there are probably you know ways to have gotten around that and everything but it, it's fine this is wonderful I'm thrilled 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 about everything but it's just so interesting that your kids might say something for years and years, and then all of a sudden be different than you expected. There is no certainty yeah. in this life or in weddings, people. I mean, we yeah. all know this. You women know this. <laughs> <laughs> we have to start wrapping up, but I want to say one thing. You, you, one of your first things is inclusivity is key. So what things can the bride's family do to help that groom's family or particularly the mom, I think. I don't think the groom's dad cares that much, to be honest with you. And I'm being very, I'm generalizing completely. Um, I know my husband would be like, whatever. Um, And I'd be like, so what are they doing? What are they doing? What can the bride's family do to make (laughs) them feel a little bit more involved, a little bit more comfortable? Or should it be the the future daughter-in-law? What do you have any suggestions that might make the groom's family feel a little bit more a part of things? Well, okay. First, what can the bride's family do? Right. That was the first part of the question. And I think that is just be friendly, be open, be accepting, communicate, invite them over if you can, if that's geographically possible, you know, just, just, just start to ease into the fact that you all are going to be a family. They are now going to be new family members and hopefully that's going to go really, really well. Some people aren't that nice. They just aren't, you know, and that sucks. But if you're a nice person and your daughter's marrying someone, just like be cool, like be so nice to their family, be open, hospitable. That's all you need to do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. And I think it's good for the bride's family to remember that, though, too, that the groom's family doesn't have as large a role overall. And the more they can reach out and be friendly and warm, the more involved and part of it the groom's family will feel, Mm -hmm. I think. Mm hmm. And I will say too, given our situation, is to not feel resentful if they can't do something. So to just sort of accept them yeah. for who they are, because that's sort of what I've had to do is because I'm, you know, I'm in a situation where, yeah, like they just didn't know, nor do they think it's important either. And that's okay that they're like, you know, we never even brought up the conversation. What are you contributing? Maybe they're going to write a the big check. Ellen, no, they won't, Denise. I know. I know. But the groom's like, I don't even want to ask them to do yeah, that. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. not. And so it could be very easy to, and I found myself at the beginning sort of slipping through, like, how did I get stuck with this? But it's, but I'm happy to do it as well. And I just, you kind of have to just say, you know, it's just, I'm making my decision to do what I want to do. 
I'm say, here's here you're offering what I can do and saying no to what I can't and then and and accepting them and not not getting in that sort of like resentful kind of thing. If you know, it could be either way. They're giving too much. You know, the the rehearsal dinner is better than the than the wedding itself. I mean, that it can go the other yeah, way too. And in some ways, so. there you might be. You know, they had four, four boys. Did they have four boys or five boys? Four, three boys. Three. They gave them all great educations. And I think Absolutely. at some point they say it's up to them now. And that just might be the belief. And you know what? You do have to respect that. Hmm. You know, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Okay. So one question I really want to ask Michelle is I know it's their wedding and you've got to keep your mouth shut. How about the guest list? Can we invite some of our friends? Oh, do we have to really hold back on who we're inviting? How about, you know, cousins and, you know, they're so into all their friends and you've got to hold the numbers down. What can we, what do we have to do with that? Okay, this is such a big one. Just remember that the guest list directly affects the budget of the wedding. Okay. And so when I educate anyone on my clients or the podcast, when we start out in the beginning and we talk about our priorities and our budget, we really have to stick to the parameters of the budget. And that will dictate how the venue and our budget dictates how many guests we can invite. And then we need to consider as a couple are we going to allow our parents to have X amount of guests that they can invite, right? And so this is always an issue because, you know, you, you there's people that you know that you see every day, your coworkers, you know, my mom, all her coworkers, I grew up going to her office, you know, and then she wanted to invite them to all to my wedding. And it was kind of like really difficult. So yes, the answer is yes, you can, but you need to ask your children, hey, can I and how many do I get? Just let me know how many I get and I'll fill it. Is it ever appropriate to include them in a shower or a party for the child or the bride and groom if they're not invited to the wedding? Or is that like a big no-no? So traditionally, if you look at Emily Post and all these books, they're going to say no. But more and more, especially with COVID, because our num- guest numbers have, have had to decrease so much, um, more and more people are having these big, quote, engagement parties right? If we call it a wedding shower, that is kind of directly correlated with the wedding. But if we have a big engagement party and we're very, very upfront in the invitation and the way that we invite these guests in that, hey, we're having this big party to celebrate the fact that we got engagement. This way we can see everybody. Unfortunately, we can't invite everybody to the wedding, but we'd love to see at the engagement party. And if you feel weird about that, just say like, no gifts, please. Like literally just put no gifts. Yeah, that's a good idea. No gifts, please. That's because then right. they don't feel like they're getting invited just so that you get, you know, gifts and double gifts for the wedding. Right. Okay. So uh, before we ask you for your three things that you're going to leave us with, I would like you to tell listeners about your digital courses that you offer on your website. Thank you. Yes, I, I uh, created the Big Wedding Planning Masterclass. It is a digital course for anyone getting married, uh, most who do not have a wedding planner, right? It's, it's literally myself, my, my friend, Christy, who used to do the podcast with me, two wedding planners. And we are teaching every aspect of the planning, the wedding from a to Z teaching you how we do it as professionals, videos, templates, easily digestible on demand, lifetime access, turn us on when you want us, turn us off when you don't want us. And you're able to communicate with us within um, the platform that we use for the digital course. So we are very much involved in in helping people plan their weddings at a fraction of the cost. I was going to say, how much is it to be part of the the digital course? I charge full planning $12,000 to my clients. Right. Uh, right. The digital course is $489. So it's like, that's really, that's really worth it. It really, it's, I wish I had had it. I've had a lot of moms buy it and they do it together, like with daughters and sons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or a gift. It's a great gift for someone getting uh, married. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Before we wrap up, first of all, Michelle, you are just wonderful. And someone wrote me one time, quit gushing over your guests. And so I've stopped gushing over my guests, but I'm going to gush over this guest. Okay. I think you're fun. I see why your podcast has been so successful. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Oh, thank you. What are three takeaways from this conversation? to the parents of brides and grooms that you would like them to remember. Okay. Well, what we just talked about is just be, be kind, be hospitable to your future, you know, uh, in-laws that just, just, just start considering them part of the family and make them feel that way. 
even if they're weird and uncomfortable, you know, hopefully they won't be. Um, don't put what you want happening at your child's wedding out there. You know what I mean? I know you have great ideas. And I, I'm even thinking like someday for me, it's going to be so freaking hard because I'm a I'm a wedding planner. Like I'm, I'm a freaking <laughs> expert. And no, knowing my son is to be like, mom, just show up. And I'm going to be like, oh, but like there's so much pressure on the couple. And it's a lot of the pressure they put on themselves, but just try to go in being open and supportive and like, just like, let them come to you, you know, like when they're starting to walk, you know, and you're like, come on, you know, and then, you know, help them when they need it. If you can try to do that and not put so much pressure on them and this is what we do in our family or, you know, this is our culture and it's very important to me that you do A, B, and C, not to say that you can't voice your opinion, but just wait a minute. Okay. Just don't, don't come in hot. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's terrific. Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to spend the next week listening to as many of your podcasts (laughs) as I can. Cause I'm past, I'm past the point of no return now. Now I'm close enough where I can, it's like, okay, too late to have done that. So I'm, I'm, it'll get you in the mood oh it will ellen it will exactly that's what i'm exactly what i'm thinking is exactly what i'm thinking yeah anyway thank you yeah. so much and ellen good luck with the wedding we'll be anxious to hear how it all goes so once again everyone that's a wrap 17 days until ellen's daughter's wedding we love chatting with michelle and honestly if you're planning a wedding definitely seek out her podcast the big wedding planning podcast I listened on Apple, but my guess is that they're available on all the platforms. And of course, if you are at the beginning stage of wedding planning, check out her website, thebigweddingplanningmasterclass.com, and learn about the courses she mentioned, and also you can see all of her podcast episodes there too. We really enjoyed this conversation, and thanks again, Michelle, for joining us. And listeners, just a quick shameless reminder to get your Bite Your Tongue mugs on our website at BiteYourTonguePodcast.com. Every purchase helps. Thanks for joining us again. Remember to follow us on social media. Send us your suggestions and questions at BiteYourTonguePodcast at gmail.com. A huge thank you to Connie Gorin Fisher, our audio engineer. And of course, thanks to all of you who continue to listen. We love having you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. But remember, listeners, sometimes you just may have to bite your tongue.